It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hi, and welcome back to the Savvy Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. This week, we'll talk about sensory processing disorder, or SPD, and answer three big questions. So you might be asking, sensory who? But surprise, SPD affects up to 16% of kids, making it the most common disorder you've never heard of. Imagine pumping up the volume on everything you see, hear, and feel. A walk on a sandy beach feels like a forced march over broken glass. The sound of a blender makes you feel like you're inside the engine of a 747. Either way, all you can do is scream until it stops. But at the same time, imagine turning the volume down so low that other sensory input can barely be perceived. You don't even feel a tap on your shoulder, but you can register slamming into a wall or a person. There's just that pesky fact that people get mad when you slam into them. What's more, when your brain constantly says, what just happened, to whatever's coming in, it can take a long time to settle down, get used to something, and focus. Therefore, transitioning to another activity once your brain is finally in a rhythm is maddening. For example, you just got the hang of this indoor lighting thing, and now someone says you have to go outside in the sun. Neurologically, it's totally overwhelming. Welcome to the neurological puzzle of sensory processing disorder. Within each of us, a neurological process organizes the sensations that come into our bodies and allows us to respond in kind. But in kids and adults with SPD, that process is impaired. This, as anchorman Ron Burgundy would say, is kind of a big deal. Because what in our world can't we see, hear, smell, taste, or feel? What isn't presented as sensory information? Indeed, how we respond to something with our bodies, emotions, behaviors, or attention all depends on what sensory information comes in. And in kids, all this makes everyday kid stuff difficult. Imagine, you might not like to be hugged, you might never get used to things like t-shirt tags or seams on socks, getting a haircut or a fingernail trim might seem like torture, and playing with Play-Doh or finger paint might be avoided at all costs. So in general, symptoms of SPD fall into two broad categories, under-responsive and over-responsive. And a great explanation I've heard is to imagine that your processing ability is like a cup. You want your cup to be full, but not to overflow. And with any given sense, if you're under-responsive, you have a really big cup. So each drop of sensory input doesn't make much of an impact, so you have to keep filling and filling. For example, 
In a typically wired brain, if I pat you on the hand, your nervous system will let your brain know that I've touched you lightly. However, if your sense of touch is under-responsive, my touch might not even register. I'd need to pat you much more firmly for your nervous system to notice. On the flip side, if you're over-responsive, you have a really tiny cup, and every drop of sensory input might overwhelm your cup, and your cup overflows really easily. So using the pat on the hand example, my gentle pat might be neurologically interpreted as a sharp hit. And any given individual might have a different size cup for each sense. Your child, for example, may have a tiny cup for sound and therefore may cover his ears and freak out when the vacuum turns on, but simultaneously have a big cup for touch and therefore seem impervious to pain. So most kids with SPD are a mixture of both over- and under-responsive, and sometimes a sensation that was avoided like the plague one day is actively sought out the next. The hallmark of the disorder is inconsistency. And to top it all off, something called sensory modulation is also a challenge. So this is the nervous system's ability to prioritize some sensory input, like looking at and listening to the teacher, and to downplay others, like the noise from the ceiling vent or that terrible fluorescent lighting. These challenges, of course, are frustrating to folks with SPD, but parents and others who don't have an x-ray into the brain of the child get frustrated as well. All they see is their child screaming bloody murder over a string on their banana, and then are perplexed by the same child's endless need to roughhouse, spin, or swing. So, speaking of spinning and swinging, did you know that we actually have seven senses? In addition to the usual suspects of taste, touch, smell, vision, and hearing, there's also proprioception and the vestibular sense. So, proprioception is an ability to sense your body's position. It allows you to execute full body motions like walking upstairs or fine motor movements like using a pencil or buttoning a button. And kids with proprioception difficulties may be accident-prone and have trouble with things like catching a ball or eating in a way that even approaches neatness. Then, the vestibular system, found in the inner ear, senses movement and changes in the position of your head. So an under-responsive vestibular system might cause a child to try to stimulate it by jumping or spinning without ever seeming to get dizzy. Or, on the flip side, Kids with an overly responsive vestibular system often seem fearful and clumsy on things like slides, swings, or stairs. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. It's one thing falling in love with a house. Picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.
So there's our quick and dirty intro to SPD. And with that, let's address three common questions about the disorder. So question number one is, if SPD is so common, why have I never heard of it before? So SPD is estimated to affect 5 to 16% of kids, which calculates to at least one in every classroom. But SPD is the Rodney Dangerfield of childhood disorders. Unlike autism or ADHD, it's just starting to get press. And it's also the new kid on the block. It wasn't until the early 1970s that Dr. A. Jean Ayers, an occupational therapist, identified and named the disorder. It also isn't widely known because it overlaps asymmetrically with other disorders in a confusing way. So, for example, most kids on the autism spectrum have symptoms of SPD, but most kids with SPD are not on the spectrum at all. And in addition, while ADHD and SPD are thought to be separate disorders, anywhere between 40 to 60% of kids with one disorder have symptoms of the other. But mostly, you've never heard of it because it's not an official disorder. The American Psychiatric Association declined to include it in their most recent Bible of Disorders, the DSM-5. But then again, the DSM doesn't pretend to be perfect. Many revisions ago, for example, it classified homosexuality as a disorder. Also, the American Academy of Pediatrics has not yet recognized SPD as a separate diagnosis. They're waiting for studies to prove that it's completely separate from and not just a feature of other disorders. But things change fast. In 2013, researchers at UCSF found a neurological basis for the disorder. They found what they called, quote, abnormal posterior white matter microstructure in boys with SPD symptoms compared to match controls. So in other words, there were distinct differences near the back of the brain where connections between auditory, visual, and tactile systems are found. Question number two. But wait, I don't like labels in my shirt or crunchy cereals. Do I have SPD? Maybe, but not necessarily. So like most disorders, SPD consists of symptoms almost everyone has to varying degrees. It's on a continuum. But only when it passes the threshold of interfering in your life or causing inordinate distress is it considered a disorder. So just because you hate to touch raw chicken or get dizzy on swings doesn't mean you have SPD. It's much more pervasive and impairing. So a related trait you may have that's not a disorder is high sensitivity. Between 15 to 20% of people are considered to be highly sensitive to sensory stimuli, like loud noise, rough fabrics, or subtle smells, but their neurological system isn't jumbled, it's just hyper-aware. So highly sensitive people are easily overwhelmed, but again, it's a trait, not a disorder. So check out Dr. Elaine Aaron's now classic books, The Highly Sensitive Person and The Highly Sensitive Child, if this sounds like you or your child. Question number three, can SPD be treated? Yes, occupational therapists are the rock stars of treating SPD. And in general, treatment consists of activities that challenge but don't overwhelm the senses with a goal to build and strengthen neural connections. So clearly, OT is not my field, so I won't pretend to tell you how to treat SPD, but there are a bevy of good folks who can. What I can tell you is that practice and repetition are key to build neural pathways that let a child respond more adaptively to sensory input, because today's Play-Doh squishing is tomorrow's classroom pencil grip. 
You'll find a link to the SPD Foundation, as well as a more extensive list of symptoms of SPD, in the show notes at quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. If the Savvy Psychologist is helpful to you, let me know by liking on Facebook, adding me to your Google Plus circles, or best of all, subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and next week we'll cover 10 ways to spot a narcissist, even when they're not interrupting the Grammys. A transcript of the episode, references for the studies I mentioned, and every podcast episode I've ever done are always available on quickanddirtytips.com savvy hyphen psychologist. And I always say the savvy psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.